How many this morning have ever heard the term transubstantiation? How's that for a big word, huh? Transubstantiation. This is a term taught primarily in the Roman Catholic Church that refers to communion where the belief is, and I got this right wording right from the uh, Catholic Answers website, that the bread and the wine at the moment of consecration during Holy Mass actually becomes the body and blood of Jesus Christ. This change in substance, trans meaning change, it's a change of substance, it becomes something else, is mystical, however, and so it's not something observable by sight, touch, taste, etc. Now, part of the rationale for this doctrine comes from our next section in the book of John, where Jesus says some uh, pretty interesting things. The title of the message this morning, The Bread of Life. The Bread of Life. John 6.35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And in verse 53 and 54, he said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Some pretty interesting words there, right? Unless you eat my flesh and drink. Can you imagine standing there on that day in that crowd? This is a nice guy, but is he, is, is he all right? Right? Is, is, he, is he okay? Did, did something happen, you know, with this Jesus guy? You know, what, what's, I mean, really? And, and the Bible says that when he uttered these words, the many stopped following him. They turned away and quit following. So, you know, these, these are some pretty confusing words, right? Pretty, um, they need some understanding for us. And our intent this morning is not to come against the Roman Catholic Church, but the intent is to accurately understand and apply these words of Jesus. And I think I can use a general principle here to uh, quickly kind of see what's, what's really going on. There are actually seven I am statements uh, in the book of John, and we will cover all of them as we go through this series. Uh, but let me just name a few. Okay? John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. John 10, 9, he says, I am the door, speaking of the sheepfold. John 15, 5, he says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. So can we easily see here that Jesus is using symbolism? Right? I mean, as the light, did the disciples literally come up to him in the dark so they could read their scrolls? Right? As the door, do we literally come up to Jesus and swing him on the hinge and walk from one place to another? Right? No. As the vine, is Jesus literally planted in the ground and we, and we, we are grafted into him because we tie our physical bodies onto his? No. Right? So, it's symbolism. And neither then do we literally eat his flesh and drink his blood. It's symbolic. 
just like the parables, the many parables that Jesus taught, they were not true stories, but they were, they were stories of natural events that had a spiritual point to them, right? So what really is Jesus talking about here? First of all, let's look at it in context, right? Isn't that the greatest, one of the greatest principles of biblical interpretation? Let's look at the context. So Jesus just fed the 5,000 plus, right? Talked about that last week. And the next day, Jesus tells us, or John tells us, that the crowd is looking for Jesus. John 6:26, and Jesus answers them. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. We're starting to see a contrast here, right? Food, right, that perishes versus food that goes to eternal life. In other words, there are two questions here that the crowd could have been asking. One, they could be asking, what is the meaning of life? Right? They, 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 they came, they, they saw the miracle, and, and who is this Jesus, and what has he come to tell us, and who is God, and how do we get right with God? What is the meaning of life? Right? They could have been asking that. But the other question is, what's for lunch? And unfortunately, that's the question they were asking. Right? They were focused on the temporal. All they wanted was a meal. Jesus was pointing out to them that they weren't really seeking the life-changing truth that Jesus had come from God to show them the way to God. They were looking for free food. Their interest in Jesus, and this is pretty critical to our day, their interest in Jesus was simply about how he could benefit them in this world. Gee, that never happens anymore, does it? Not coming to Jesus to fall down at his feet as Lord. Coming to him that, what can you do for me, right? Jesus was saying to them, and of course to everybody, you need to look beyond this world and put your efforts into that which is eternal. Verse 28, so they say to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe in you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They're not listening, are they? They're not listening. Give us a sign. Give us more food. Right? Sometimes you just understand the patience of Jesus. You understand the patience of God with us. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Verse 35. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. This statement is just packed with meaning. 
I am the bread of life. Let's, let's try to unpack this this morning. First of all, what is bread? Right? Very simply, what is bread? Bread is food. And bread in that time and in that culture was really the staple of their diet. They might not have meat, they might not have this, they might not have bread, but they survived bread. That was the basic, right? So it was that which sustained people and kept them alive. The bread of earth is ingested by the body to sustain the body, right? Gives life to the body. But it's temporary. As Jesus says in verse 49, he says, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. In other words, God made this bread-like substance, uh, this manna, appear on the ground. The word manna, by the way, means what is it? Because, you know, imagine unzipping your tent, walking out in the, in, in the middle of the desert, and all of a sudden you see this, this substance on the ground. You're like, what is this? I've never seen anything like this before. Well, God made this, this manna, which means what is this? He made this appear on the ground to do what? to show them that you can be out in the middle of nowhere with no resources whatsoever, and if God is your God, he's going to take care of you. He's going to sustain you. He's going to feed you, right? Uh, and, and I love it because, you know, the Bible says that those things were written to us as examples. Because we get sometimes, right, in the middle of the wilderness where we don't know what to do and we're all out of resources, but if God is our God, he is our resource. Amen? So he, he makes this uh, bread-like substance appear in the morning. Uh, so he provided for their bodily needs, didn't he? But that's all it was. It was food to provide for their body. And eventually, as Jesus says, they all died one way or another. Right? Verse 50, this, this bread that I'm talking about to you, He's saying, this bread is that which comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Do you remember when we were looking at the woman at the well? Jesus offered her living water, right? Was he talking about literal water that she would drink and never thirst again? No. He was talking about, as, as John goes on to tell us, the Holy Spirit who, who wells up within us as a river. Right, so that we don't thirst spiritually. Okay, same kind of thing. So, just like the bread of earth gives life to the body, the bread of heaven gives life to what? The spirit. That that internal part of us, that part of us that is eternal, that is either cut off from God or reconciled to God. Right, that spiritual part of us. The bread of earth is for the body. It's ingested by the body. The bread of heaven is for the spirit and is ingested by the spirit. It's ingested by the heart. So eating the bread of heaven is not something that we do with our body. Eating the bread of heaven is something that we do with our heart. We, we symbolize it with communion. Right? 
But what are we doing? We are taking in truth. We're taking in the broken body of Jesus. Jesus explains it this way. He says in verse 35, he says, Whoever comes to me will not hunger. Follow me with this. What do we do when we're hungry? We eat, right? And then we're not hungry anymore, hopefully, unless you eat Chinese food. But anyway, um, so we eat, we're not hungry anymore. So Jesus equates coming to him with eating, eating the bread of life or eating his flesh, coming to him. What does coming to him mean? It means, first of all, that there is a goal that uh, is not the goal of the crowd looking for free food, but it is the goal of someone seeking truth, seeking eternal life. And where are they going to seek this? They're not coming to Buddha. They're not coming to Mohammed. They're not coming to some humanistic philosophy. They are coming to Jesus Christ. Because the Gospel tells us that he gave himself for us. His body was broken on the cross for us. So to come to him for salvation is to receive into our hearts that truth that he gave himself for us. We're ingesting it with our heart. We're ingesting it with our spirit, our understanding. God enlightens us to the fact that Jesus willingly and lovingly, the the gift of God, he gave himself. His body was broken for us. Thank you, Jesus. I'm taking that in. I'm eating that, if you will. I'm ingesting that truth. Taking it into my heart, right? That's what it means to eat his flesh. To come to him for salvation. That's how we partake of the bread of heaven. So then, the the question is, what are we doing then in communion? In communion, we are remembering. right? Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, Luke 22, 19. We are ingesting the physical bread with our body, right, symbolically, and at the same time, ingesting, once again, that truth. Thank you, Lord, that you would give yourself for me. Kind of like water baptism. What are we doing in water baptism, right? We are, we are symbolizing that the old person is dead and that we arise as a new creation in Christ, right? So, same thing. In communion, we're symbolizing something. We're ingesting with our body, symbolizing the truth that we are ingesting with our spirit, with our heart. Does that make sense? Okay. So, um, likewise... Jesus said, whoever believes in me will never thirst. So he's equating believing believing in him with not thirsting. Again, 
what do we do so we don't thirst? We drink. So to drink his blood is to take into ourselves, to take into our hearts another truth. The truth that the blood of Jesus Christ paid the complete and total debt of our sin. That it's not my effort, not my trying to earn eternal life. No, Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, right? His blood paid the price in full. So we don't, we don't have to thirst for, for redemption, to, to do something, to, to get right with God again. Jesus did it by his shed blood. So to drink that blood, to ingest, to take it in, is to take in the truth of that blood. Thank God that the blood was shed for me. Thank God that I have forgiveness of sins, that I am redeemed, that I am reconciled to God, that I am made righteous. Not because of me, but because that blood was shed on my behalf. So again, in communion, we are, we are symbolizing that blood as we ingest the physical juice with our body, we are at the same time ingesting that truth once again. It's not me. It's not on my own merit. Thank you, Jesus. The blood of Jesus. It's done. It's over. Price paid. I am reconciled because of him. As 1 Corinthians 11.26 says, we proclaim his death until he comes. When we take communion together, we proclaim that his death brought us life. We are in our physical actions in communion, recognizing, remembering, and proclaiming our belief that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, gave himself on the cross for us. Glorifying the love of God. And we are proclaiming that his blood cleanses us, makes us righteous in his sight. That it is the only source and foundation of our eternal salvation. So, with that this morning, all who wish to recognize and remember and proclaim these truths this morning, let's prepare our hearts for communion.